All right, good day, everybody. This is Terrence B, a.k.a. The Reb, the Reb with the cause, and the cause is you. A rebel against a life without meaning, value, and purpose. Uh, as some of you know, we try to sail, <laughs> say little and, and do a lot. And uh, I hope to be informing you as I'm getting my, uh, with the Kaddish Baruch's help, the ICF Coach Federation certification. So we can take all the stuff we've done here and just put a stempel on it. Not that we need it, but uh, if that'll make anybody feel better. So we'll be getting that soon as we go through our intensive course to take all the stuff that we've been uh, galvanizing over the years, the degree in psychology, the experience, the limitatera, uh, and now a, uh, a bona fide coaching federation is uh, putting me on a, uh, on a track to get their certification. So I hope that will be of help to you because giving people good advice is something that if you can do it, you should do it and have to do it in a way which takes responsibility, Aharias, and also has an effectiveness that can make a difference. And where do you see that in Parsha's Vayera? Right here, where do you see that a person should make an effort to give people good advice? You see it right here, right in the Parsha, that we have to make an effort, as my, my good friend Rabbi Zelik Pliskin points out, make an effort to give people good advice and we know that there's um, there there is in the in the young in the young Kippur tillers a um, a law or rather a, uh, a part of the vidui which says that a person has to do tshuva for giving people bad advice. Uh, let's take a look at that for a moment because if what we're doing as part of grow for greatness and uh, all of us that are either behind a microphone or in front of a an audience, or just on one-to-one when you're speaking to a friend, a relative, a parent, an employee, or an acquaintance, whoever you may be engaged in, in dialogue with to helping, you have to make an effort to give people good advice, and there is a responsibility with that. And you see it in this week's Parsha. Can you tell me where you see it? I'll tell them. Okay, I'll, I'll give you a clue. Vayara love Hashem, Belonim Mamre, Vayera. And a Kurdish Baruch who appeared at Elone Mamre. So I would ask you, where do you see from that, by virtue of the fact that a Kurdish Baruch who appeared to Avram at Elone Mamre? We can take a, a look at that and see where do you see I have to give you a good advice. Okay, so let's say ride with me on this, and then we can talk about actually trying to give that advice. Now, I did lose my cell phone, so you can't call me on that line. You can reach me. With any questions that you have at the following email address, I want you to take this down, eichlermedia at gmail.com. Okay, now we gear ourselves more toward life, growth, relationship, happiness, fulfillment, contentment issues than real hard clinical issues. But you can talk to me about anything, and if I know the answer, I'll certainly do my best to give it to you. And if I don't, I'll try and put you in touch with those people who do. So let me just give you a little bit of a, a background as to why it's important to give people good advice and, and how we see it from this week's Parsha. So if you take a look at a Rashi, the Rashi here, it cites the Medrash that a Kurdish Baruch appeared to Avram Avinu where? On the territory of Mamre. Why? Because Mamre gave Avram Avinu the advice to perform the circumcision. Now I remember going with a very famous male 
I don't know if I should mention his name, but somebody who has a, a shame tov in the in the world of uh, Moylan, somebody who comes from a family of Moylan, very well known. And we were doing a kind of documentary. It was a documentary actually on um, on on Bris Miller, and um, there were a lot of wonderful stories that, that came out of it. We were in Israel together, and we went. I don't know if you can go there now. Does anybody know where it is exactly? Is it in our territory? Is it in? I remember there were a lot of Arabs around. I remember there were a lot of Arabs around. So I don't know if if that would be the territory you could go to today. But I do remember it was hauntingly beautiful. It was. I remember the trees and the you know, the a uh, kind of like forest-like setting. Is that right? And I remember there was a. I think that, uh, there was a tree there from Masai Baratius. Any rate, uh, Avram Avinu was in this territory of Mamre, and and why did Hashem appear to him there? That is because Mamre gave Avram Avinu the advice to f- to perform the bris milah. So Yerukim Levavitz, it's all stated that from here we see the great merit, the enormous merit of giving people good advice. Now you and I both know that Avram Avinu would have listened, of course, to a Kaddish Baruch Hu's command. To do the brismila, but there were other people who advised Avram not to circumcise himself. There were those naysayers and those doubters and skeptics, and cynics and kafirim. Those, not much unlike some of those who we see around today, unfortunately, but they advised Avram not to circumcise himself. And we know that there are movements around. I would hardly call them movements, but uh, there are people, individuals, who think of themselves as a movement, they're nothing but a bunch of Rashayim, who have actually stood outside of Bris Mila and, uh, and and made fun of it and asked it to be condemned, right? We know people like that. But, but there definitely were people like that, even in Avram of Evenu's time, when they knew that a Kaddish Baruch commanded them to, to do the Bris Mila, and they told Avram of Evenu and ridiculed him and told him not to do it. But while others advised him not to do it, Mamre heard about the matter, and he, however, advised Avramina to do it, and he was greatly rewarded for doing so. So, in reference to looking for the advice of others, there is a Mishnah in Pirkei of I'm sure you know where it is. If you can, uh, you want to send me an email and tell me where this Mishnah is, right? I, I'll give you a clue. It's in the first three, it's within the first three um, Chapters, you know, there are six chapters in Perkyavos. It's within the first three. Okay, within the first three. Where does the Mishnah in Perkyavos tell us that when one asks for advice from others and gains more understanding, where do you see that? That a person asks for advice from others, you gain more understanding. Where is that in Perkyavos? Drop me a line at Eichler Media, E-I-C-H-L-E-R Media at gmail.com. So in his commentary on this very Mishnah, the one that is in the first three parakim, the first three chapters, right? First three parakim, and I will give you a clue. It is the seventh Mishnah in one of those parakim. Okay, that should help you. It's narrowed down. So you've got to just look between the first, second, and third parakim, Pergiavos, and then look at the seventh Mishnah. So, not, so really what you've got to do is look up three Mishnahis and three, and three parakim, right? And you'll find it. And you can drop me a note where you see it. And uh, what do you think about that? At E-I-C-H-L-E-R-Media at gmail.com. 
So that mission states that when one asks for advice from others, you gain more understanding. In his commentary in this mission, Rabbi Chaim of Olozhen quotes a popular saying. Now listen to this. It's, it's, it's very, very telling. Ask others for advice, then do what your own intellect tells you. You got it? Ask others for advice, then do what your own intellect tells you. Now, the question obviously comes up. If in the end you're going to do what you think yourself is appropriate, so why are you consulting others? I mean, you're just going to do what you think is the right thing to do. Anyway. So what are you going asking other people? It's not an exercise, but there's a lot of merit to it. And the answer, said Rokhaim of Elohim, is that each person has a better inside knowledge of him or herself than any outsider could possibly have. But every person has some knowledge and understanding that you, my dear friend, are missing. Therefore, before making any major decisions, consult as many people as you can that obviously are capable and thoughtful enough as you can take as you can to take in ideas and information that maybe you might not have known about or even thought about. And after you interview various people, then ultimately you are the one who is responsible for making your decisions because only you have the inner knowledge of yourself that is necessary to make the final decision. So you can ask me a question, and based on what you're telling me, I can give you advice. But ultimately, you have to make that decision. Even if someone were to tell you you should do this and you do that, you have to ratify that in your own mind and confirm that it's the right thing to do because you're the only one who knows yourself better than anybody else. Of course, that's why it's so important to get advice from qualified people. And I consider that to be das first of all. You know, rabbis didn't have degrees in psychiatry or psychology. They were just obviously well-versed in Torah, which is the, the, ultimate, the ultimate guide to human behavior. I mean, all the things that we talk about here, if you think about it, what I'm telling you now about advice is based on the Torah. And it's one of the things I really love about Rabbi Pliskin, which is that everything that he gives to people in terms of advice is Torah-based. And even somebody who, um, who is a skilled and trained and certified mental health care professional, like my, my good friend uh, Mordecai Weinberger, he will also tell you everything he does is based on Torah. There's nothing that he would tell you that's contradictory to Torah. Let me give you a good example. Okay, my, my, my good friend uh, Yosef Yaffe was once asked by a group of uh, lawyers and law students and law professors at a very famous Ivy League university. Well, Rabbi, what would be the difference between the way you, uh, as a rabbi, would, uh, would give somebody advice and the way a, a classically trained mental health professional? When I say classically trained, I'm not talking about Freudian, because Freudian is the antithesis to everything in Yiddishkeit. Never go to anybody that has any grain of Freudian training or practice. Never go to them, because that is the, the ultimate connected anything in Yiddishkeit, so never go to anybody that's Freudian-based. But where do you know, or how do you know, what would be the difference? So he told a cute story. A fellow walks into a tavern and he asks the bartender for a, a tall, large, cold beer, which the bartender promptly serves up. The fellow takes the beer, looks at it, and then right away he just throws it uncontrollably in the bartender's face. You can imagine the, the bartender was, uh, was ready to take this guy and just throw him 
throw him out physically when the fellow just apologizes profusely. Oh, I'm so sorry, please, I don't know what came over me. I just couldn't control myself. Please forgive me. Please, I'm sorry. Don't please, don't get upset. Bartender says, okay, just never come in here again. Not until you're cured entirely. Now get out. Six months later, the fellow walks back in, and the bartender looks at him skeptically, cynically. The fellow sits down, big smile on his face, and the bartender says, I told you never to come in here again. So I know, I know, I know, but I have been in therapy for six months. I am cured. Really? All right, just make sure you're crazy. Absolutely. He sits down, says, what would you like? Oh, I'd like a tall, cold, large beer. Oh, that's great. Bartender puts it in front of him, and the guy looks at him, and he looks at the beer, a smile on his face, and he takes the beer, and boom, throws it right at bartender's face again. Well, you can imagine what the bartender did this time, as he's about to physically lift him and throw him out. He says, I thought you told me you were better at therapy. He says, I am, I'm cured. No, I just don't feel guilty. You got it? That's the difference. You have people who will give advice or will give therapy or whatever you want to call it, right? And they will say, the main thing is don't feel guilty. Don't, you should, do whatever you need to do that gets you out of your guilt. We would say exactly the opposite. Guilt and shame are good things. Not to be beat up by it. Not to be tied down by it to the point where it can cause really the uh, the, the worst type of, of consequences when people do things that are horrific because of the guilt that they feel and then could do things which are, are, are catastrophic. Well, you know, a person should not take guilt to the point where they're self-flagellating and punish themselves or others before it. But to have a sense of shame, a sense of guilt, of right and wrong, knowing what the right thing to do is, that's something everybody should have. So that's basically the difference. Now, to get to what I'm talking about, since Rabbi Rukum said that actions and behavior are, um, are so important, we have to make sure that our action, well, Mr. actually was talking about that, that's something else, but he was talking about the idea of chesed that you do for people, right? The right thing to do in terms of chesed. But it's important that we make the final decision and that we get the right advice. It's important to mention a word of caution about giving other people advice. Rabbi Zelda Kliskin had a Rebbe, and his name was Rabbi Chaim Morchai Katz, an extraordinary person who was the Rosh Hashiva of Tells. And he would constantly stress the harm that a person can give, can cause somebody by giving them bad advice. Now, we know in Vidui, as we said, that one fault listed is Yatsnu Ra. We've given bad advice. Lo Olenu, I hope we're never guilty of that. And that's considered a fundamental transgression. Bad advice can cause much misery and suffering throughout a lifetime. Can you think of a time where somebody gave you bad advice and, and, and you saw the consequence of it? I mean, I can think of things where I hear um, some of these people are calling themselves psychologists on these so-called talk shows where the advice is ludicrous and, and devastating and harmful. And that's an avera. But giving somebody good advice, that can help the person immensely. So whenever you're in a position of giving someone advice, weigh all consequences and weigh them carefully. Can you think of a time when you've been given good advice and putting it into motion, or that you gave somebody else good advice? If you can sum it up in a couple of sentences and uh, give me your feedback on our broadcast here, and send it to me at E-I-C-H-L-A-R media, E-I-C-H-L-A-R media at gmail.com, uh, I'd be very grateful. I'd like to hear what you have to say.
there are two extremes in giving advice. You know, some people go around giving other people advice whether they want it or not. You know, like the two Boy Scouts, they helped the little old man across the street. Oh, and they, they both lifted him up, carrying him across the street, and when they got there, the little old man said, Why'd you do that? I didn't want to go across the street. I wanted to stay here where you been. Oh, they thought they were. <laughs> they thought they were doing a mitzvah. Oh, they did a good deed. They picked him up and took him across, but he didn't want to go. They did what they want to do. We're going to do a good deed. No, you have to do that which is going to help other people. So weigh the consequences carefully. So there, there are these people who just go around. They, they, they got all the answers all the time. I know everything about everything. Don't worry. Listen, listen. Just listen to me. I've been there. I've done that. Gaiva. Ah. Uh, the other extreme, there are people who avoid giving others advice. And they're, hey, hey, look. Let them make their own mistakes. You've got to live and learn. Every person has to live their own life. It's up to you. Learn the hard way. No, both of those are wrong. The Torah ideal is to give people good advice as an act of chesed, of kindness, whenever it's appropriate. That's in Shari Tshuva. At the same time, we have to be very careful not to violate the Torah's prohibition against giving someone harmful advice. Reb Zundel Salant collected information on all kinds of practical matters. He was this great rabbi, and he would collect tremendous um, information on how how to give advice on health, how to relieve pain, how to prepare homemade mirrors, soap. He wanted to be able to do acts of chesed by giving those who needed them helpful hints that they could use. And Rabbi Heinemann, as you know, I mean, it's legendary in Baltimore. I mean, his fixing cars, his mechanical prowess, in order they should help anybody that needed it. The stifler once said that people came to him to consult on matters that they themselves certainly could decide by themselves if they really wanted to. But since they found it difficult to make the decision, it was an act of chesed to help them. That's brought down the Panini Rubenu, Kalis Yaakov. That is my raison d'etre here. Okay, I'm here to help you. And by helping you, I'm helping myself, because when I talk things out with you, I work things out myself. I don't claim to know everything, but you can talk to me about anything, and anything that I'm going to tell you or advise you is based on my own training, knowledge, experience, gift of insight that Kodesh Baruch has given me. I don't claim to know everything I say, but you can talk to me about anything. As we say, licensed by the state of awareness to live life, I do happen to have one of my degrees is in psychology, but I don't take claim to fame for that. I think more important than that is the the, the training that I've gotten through great rebellion, great rebunum, who themselves are gifted, and really Bali Aitzes who have guided me personally, and uh, and others as well. Now, that doesn't mean that the yardstick for success, by the way, is enormous wealth or fame or whatever it is. It means, and it doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that everything in your life goes smoothly, but it does mean being able to navigate them with a munam batachin, which is the sine qua non of everything, to have faith and trust in the Kodesh and his siyata deshmaya. When you have that, and you can think things out with clarity and have somebody else's interest at heart, not your own vested interest, and not feel like you're, you know, you're inflating your own ego, then you're capable of giving good advice. Okay, so that's why I want to tell you. You can start sending your questions to me at eichlermedia at gmail.com, eichlermedia at gmail.com, eichlermedia at gmail.com, and I consider it an honor to do acts of chesed, as should you, and I'm going to leave you with this thought, because that's what we learn in this part as well. It says... Because you have passed over your passed by your servant, Avram pleaded with the three men who passed near his tent.
to accept his hospitality. Rashi comments to this, that this to be my guest, I request of you because you have passed for my honor. Rabbi Rukham Lovitz cites the Gavorin Kedushin, that when somebody gives something to somebody, to a distinguished person, and that person accepts the gift, it's considered as if you received something from them. You gave them something, but you got something. Giving something to a hush of a person is actually taken. But who is a person who would be considered distinguished in the eyes of an arrogant person? Everybody's considered gornish, nothing. But it's found everybody. But a person with humility considers everybody to be important. And that's why, if somebody with a Chofetz Chaim were to come to your house, we all know that you would treat him with tremendous respect. But that should apply to anybody. The person you meet on the street, the person who is uh, somebody who you don't really think is in an elevated position. The person who comes by for tzedakah. What we have to do, like Avram Avinu, who just saw people we thought were nomads, he ran to greet them, bowed down before them, felt it an honor that they would come to his house. Rabbi Yurkham Lovitz says that's what Rashi means by the words, for my honor. From every action, every movement of Avram, it was noticeable that they were doing him an act of chesed. And this is a new way of looking at the acts of chesed that you do for others. Have that fresh perspective today. I'm not doing a chesed for somebody else. Rather, that person is doing an act of chesed for me. And I thank you for doing that act of chesed for me, for allowing me to talk to you today. We're abbreviating our program today. Things that have to get done in addition to this. But please reach me at eichlermedia at gmail.com. Any questions or thoughts that you have, eichlermedia at gmail.com. Also, I want you to start uh, looking around for All for the Boss, the Young Readers Edition. You write me a note, ask me where you can get hold of it, and we'll be uh, offering it at a pre retail price. If you'll reach me at eichlermedia at gmail.com, I'll tell you how you can get all the copies. The new audio edition of All for the Boss, Young Readers Edition, I'll tell you all about that. Meanwhile, I wish you a great, successful, and happy week with Stavon for our Achenu B'nai Israel in Eretz Israel and around the corner and around the globe. May Shem protect each and every one of us. And I wish you bracha and tzlacha. Please reach me at eichlermedia at gmail.com. I'll let you know when my cell phone is back in action. eichlermedia at gmail.com. J-Root, the station that listens to you. Stay on board with us. This is a station that looks out for your good and let us know how you appreciate what the station is doing. You can start by dropping me a note at eichlermedia at gmail.com. Your reactions are always welcome. Love to hear from you. Remember, in the words of Hillel, the rest is commentary. Now, go and learn.